we have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Hello and welcome to Fifty Shades of Motherhood, uncensored, unhinged and unapologetic motherhood chats around the highs, the lows, the struggles, everything really. This week, I have special guest who also happens to be my cousin and a fellow blogger, Stephanie Osler. And Stephanie will be discussing her journey as a mother through finding out her son had a limb difference while she was pregnant with him, right the way through to after he was born and where they are now. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you and hopefully raise awareness on limb difference. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and thank you for listening to 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today I am joined by my friend, my cousin and fellow blogger Stephanie Osler and we will be talking about limb difference. Hi Stephanie. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Very well. Um, just kind of enjoying this. I mean, we've not had a proper chat for ages, so I'm looking forward to this for this reason as well, because obviously you're my cousin. But time, yeah. as it, when you're parents, it's like you get kind of sucked into your own world. And we haven't actually had a catch up for ages. Um, mm. And we haven't spoke about um, this either properly. So I'm really looking forward to having this chat with you um, anyway. So Stephanie, um, can you start by telling um, our audience a bit about you? Yeah, so I am um, obviously Carla's cousin and I am also a NICU nurse. I trained in children's nursing um, and qualified in 2010 and then moved over to be a neonatal nurse. Um, and then kind of have stuck in the same job for about 
uh, nine years, which is quite scary. Wow. Quite a long time to be somewhere. <laughs> I feel um, too young to be nine, nine years, like in a job. It's like, what? oh, God, wow. Like 10 years qualified this year. And then I only worked at one other place for about a year before I moved over into Neonate. So I was like, I don't know. I don't feel old enough. I don't feel like I'm mature enough either to be like that friend of career and also be a mum. Like, I know. I, I still feel about 16. Honestly, I really do. I look forward to my weekends, getting drunk. Honestly, I don't think I'll ever grow up. So I totally know what you mean. Um, so Stephanie, we both have, um, you've got your little girl, Izzy, and I've got George that were born around the same time. Um, yes. And that was a normal kind of textbook, I suppose, pregnancy for you. Um, yes. Yeah, everything went uh, fairly fairly smoothly with that one. She did. She was actually born on your wedding day, wasn't she? She it was. was. And then other ideas, I was like, are you kidding me? I know. Um, it was crazy, wasn't it? yeah it was mad it was like oh I was, I was literally gutted I so wanted to come to the wedding but you know glad I oh god could you imagine if you'd have done that drive so <laughs> Stephanie lives down south and it, yeah. it must be like a four or five hour drive and Stephanie oh. is a twin as well sorry yeah. I'm like telling everyone about you here but <laughs> Stephanie <laughs> Stephanie is an identical twin so she's got a, a sister Emma and her mum actually was traveling somewhere when she went into labor with you two so that could yeah, have been very easily up. happened again yeah. That's it. Yeah, they were going up to Scotland. Um, we we were early, so we were like thirty-two weeks. So like, you'd travel if you were that pregnant. If you have a normal pregnancy, yeah. you travel. I mean, I had Izzy at thirty-six five, so um, she is technically premature, but not like I could still have easily had another what four, six, six, five, six weeks left of pregnancy. Yes. So I definitely could have come, but she came a bit early, which. I mean, was great because she was smaller. So I feel like, you know. Yes. Yes. Safe um, for the fairy. Yeah. No. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Keep it all together. Yes. No, I completely get that. Um, so, um, so on to when you decided to start trying for another baby. So was that, was that a decision that you made to start trying or did it just happen? Yeah, it was. So we knew that we wanted to have um, kids quite close together because um, there's five years between me and my younger brother and five years between Dan and um, his younger sister. So we we both were like, oh, it'd be really nice if they were closer together. They might have more to like get on with. Um, so we very much wanted to have another one and we would have tried earlier, um, but Dan had started a new job. So we wanted to take into account getting paternity leave all those sorts of things so it's very very much planned and we fell fell pregnant really quickly um to our surprise because it took a few months to fall pregnant with Izzy and I think you just assume that it's going to be the same for yeah. the next one um so we were like oh we'll see what happens start trying now could be a few months second baby you just don't know what's going to happen and we fell pregnant straight away and wow. um yeah amazing and it's funny, isn't it? Because as soon as you see those lines, you feel so protective of that tiny little baby in there, don't you? You just feel like you don't want to do anything. You don't want to push too hard when you poo. Oh. You don't want 
anything yeah. oh um, I totally get that I know what you mean it's like you just think what if they fall out you know it's <laughs> too hard I know. I know that yeah a hundred percent um yeah oh no I totally and as soon as you see those lines that's it then you're picturing your life as a family of four yeah completely and you've got I think because we we had Izzy in my head I had an idea of what my baby was going to look like wasn't particularly bothered if it was a boy or a girl just kind of had this image of just the idea of a baby I had in my my head obviously you don't know what they're going to look like but still when you imagine things like going going for a walk for the park you can imagine that baby that's going to be in that sling while you're running after your two-year-old type thing yeah and then yeah so it was kind of it yeah no everything was a certain way yeah um, yeah I think sorry yeah. Stephanie I know um I know what you mean with that it's um you kind of just pitch things and you don't think of anything else getting in that way and it's just going to be baby's going to be born yeah. then and we're going to be going for pram walks and then we're going to be doing this yeah. that and you picture it all don't you it's like when I was um pregnant last time I was like oh what kind of Christmas outfit could they wear? How old will they be? Three to six months or, uh -huh. you know, like all that kind of thing. You. You oh do. my God, do you think like how old's the eldest one going to be when this baby's born? And like, because Izzy was early, I was kind of working out, okay, so if this baby's born at this time, this is when their birthdays would be apart from each other. Like you're just completely like, I don't know, you just go into another world, don't you? You just you do. You do. do. And it's it is lovely it really is it is so nice so so ha so you were obviously very happy after finding out that you were pregnant so um how was the next I mean how was your pregnancy and and tell us a bit about what happened during your pregnancy so we can gain a better understanding of of your journey okay so um I had a very good pregnancy I did have a tiny amount of morning sickness. I was sick twice. Um, once was whilst I was driving my friends back from a party. Oh. <laughs> you could imagine. <laughs> was it the smell of alcohol that made you sick? Or no, I don't know what it was. I'd had um, probably a couple of drinks of um, apple tizer. You know, pushing the boat out. Oh yes, of course, those bubbles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was that. Um, but we were driving home and we were getting to a roundabout and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be sick. And you know, when you're like, but I'm at a massive roundabout, like I can't just stop and get out of the car and be sick. So I continued driving and just vomited everywhere. Oh God. And, um, yeah, so I was sick then. And then I was sick one more time out of a car this time, a bit later on. So on the whole, That's really not... good pregnancy. Did they know you were pregnant then? I'm guessing. Uh, yes. So, I was going to say they'd be like yeah. otherwise they'd be like oh my god get out she's got a bug or something yeah so funny. yeah they're, they're my work friends so at work because we do a lot of x-rays and deal with a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't be around pregnant people people tend to know really early um but I told these girls anyway because um they're they're part of my closest circle of friends so they knew thank goodness because could you imagine explaining <laughs> 
why you produce that much vomit after drinking appetizer and while you're driving I mean that is that's incredible I, re- I remember when I was oh. really sick with a bug actually and I yeah. actually got in the driving seat we were going on a long journey but I actually started driving to kind of get my focus right and I was never sick again because that is actually meant to be better you know like really? to have a focus um yeah um oh, to gosh. focus on um I get quite travel sick I think that might be why but it's uh, uh-huh. Yeah, you meant it well, I don't know, but it worked for me. So that is quite, quite oh something. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would like to actually see a video about on that, actually. It's quite funny. Um, oh, my gosh. So, so then, obviously, what stage were you at of pregnancy then? Were you under the 12 weeks then when you were being... Well, I was under 12 weeks. Um, yeah. So I... So... Part of me feels like this is kind of relevant to the story. Um, but I, around, I think, seven weeks, this was before then that I was sick, but around seven weeks I was at work and um, I was trying to be sick but couldn't be sick. Mm. And I didn't feel great, so I got up to go and get help from the bathroom because I was like, I can't stay in this room on my own. Like, only one person knows I'm here. Because um, I'd said, oh, I'm just nipping out to the toilet to who I was working with. Mm. And as I left, I I got up and left the toilet and I, I fainted. Oh. And I fainted right into the door at reception and straight onto the floor. Oh, um, God. Yeah, so it was, it was quite dramatic. And part of me is like, in hindsight, I'm like, did that have something to do with um, the baby? Did I knock the baby? Did I something happen in my blood pressure that made something go funny? Did I like what oh, happened? God, but people yeah. do faint when they're pregnant and feel yeah. faint when they're so, I, I fainted with George uh, I didn't know I was pregnant though and I've never fainted in my life so it's a really weird thing have you fainted before then yeah I fainted before but not like that like That's I just weird. just went black oh completely. it's horrible it's mm. it's very strange very strange situation yeah so oh god so that that would be something that play on your mind later. So tell us about um, going for that first scan then. Did you go for any early ones or was it just straight for the 12 week? Straight for the 12 weeks. And the the 12 week scan was absolutely fine. So we were were measuring perfectly. Um, From what they could see, they could see everything. Our dates were literally bang on what we thought they would be. Um, And we were just booked in for our next 20 week scan and from 12 weeks to 20 weeks um I was just I just felt like your normal pregnant person that so I don't really like being pregnant because I don't like how it makes you feel Mm -hmm. so I was happily pregnant in the sense that I had a very healthy baby um my bump was growing I felt pregnant which I think is always a good sign and my bump was expanding yeah um, yeah but it, yeah. emotionally inside oh god I'm a right bitch you know oh, during pregnancy. Yeah. Honestly, oh my god yeah <laughs> I, well it's like almost like I have them few days like PMT but being yeah. pregnant is like god I honestly I just Ooh. can't even smile even if I find something funny I can't even raise my lips it's really <laughs> weird <laughs> uh, so that might run in the family actually um, I do <laughs> um so, so happy, yeah yeah oh. so everything else was good though other than poor Dan like having to put up with your mood swings then <laughs> yeah yeah and just feeling tired you know the yeah. usual stuff like yeah yeah um so 
then we had our 20 week scan um, and we went in um, obviously absolutely fine and we had a trainee sonographer um, so we had her and then she had the like um, like I don't want to say proper sonographer the like qualified uh, uh, one yes yes yeah I know what um, you mean <laughs> so it was all going to get checked anyway and I was like that's absolutely fine I have no problem with students of any kind doing anything I just think like that's great because actually I think things get looked over twice mm-hmm. um and I remember her putting the probe on my belly and her going oh I just love baby feet and I remember seeing definitely one foot could kind of see the other foot but he was moving so I just didn't really think anything of it. I just saw baby feet moving and it just makes you go all gooey, doesn't it? When you see your baby oh. in there, you just, oh, there they yeah. are. Yeah. So then they went on with the rest of the scan, um, head to toe. I can kind of pick out stuff on scans because we do ultrasound scans um, at work on babies. So like head scans and stuff like that. So I quite like watching and picking things out. And I know roughly from my daughter what, they were going to say and what they were looking for and I could see that the baby had a brain I could see that the baby had a heart that was ticking they had a nose they had eyes they had a stomach I could see all of that mm-hmm. I saw that they had four limbs um and then that's as far as my thought process went mm-hmm. to be honest that's all you look for I mean I wouldn't even yeah. think to look for anything else because um, no. that yeah it's so hard to see on those scans too isn't it really to pick yeah out. that's it and they scan in certain ways don't they so that they can get the picture that they want and it doesn't always make sense what they're looking at mm-hmm. and then they said I can't remember what they said but they sent us on a walk to come back and I didn't think much of it because did you is- sorry Stephanie just quickly did you find out the gender at this one as well no oh right we, okay um but I think because I was such a mess, we did get a scan where you could actually, we got a scan picture where you could actually see his willy. Oh, really? <laughs> you oh, printed it in a hurry. So oh, it kind of bless him. Oh, bless. There you go. You didn't want to know, but have a look at his penis. <laughs> have a willy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so sorry, Stephanie, I've ruined the moment then that you're saying. So, so they sent you away then, did they? Yeah, so they sent us off for a walk because they wanted to get some more images. And with Izzy, they'd said the same thing because she wasn't in a great position for them to check like her kidneys or something like that. So I didn't really think anything of it. I just assumed baby wasn't in a great um, position to get all of the images. So we went off for a walk and we came back and um, we got into the room and it's weird because you go in just like, oh yeah, no, that's cool. Like sit down, get your belly out um, for them to have a look. And she I guess there's no easy way to say it but she just kind of said they can't see one of the feet they don't think baby's got um two whole feet but they can see something she said that she is pretty sure that everything else looks okay because limb differences can be associated with other problems so they can have um kind of like genetic problems they can have heart problems they can have um other things that um kind of coexist with it and she said she couldn't see any of that um and then she got the scanner out to show us the the feet and at this point I just completely broke down I've never felt anything like that in my entire life it was literally like somebody pulled the rug out out from underneath you because I just did not see it coming Mm -hmm. and it just 
it just got to me completely. Yeah. yeah. And I just cried. Did and you cry the first... then and there then? Did you just straight then away? Yeah. Straight then... away. Um, and the first thing I said was, was it something that I'd done? Was it my fault? Mm. Because all I kept thinking was, like well it was me like I was supposed to be protecting my baby nothing was supposed to happen to my baby um I'd like in that moment you flash back so I was like I'd fainted oh, I um was on um antidepressants for postnatal depression and it can in very rare cases cause complications in some pregnancies mm-hmm. um I'd possibly been around gases at work where there's no evidence that it affects a baby but obviously it's quite hard to to test you test whether it affects baby or not no pregnant woman's going to be like oh yeah just give me a waft of that and see what happens to my baby yeah exactly gosh so like in that second I was just like oh my god is that my fault and then because she couldn't 100% say that she was sure nothing else was wrong I just was like I don't I just did not know what myself I felt like an absolute failure I felt like I'd completely ruined this boy's well my baby's life before it even started I'd already he's gonna start on a back foot he's gonna not be the same as everybody else Mm. and it's like I don't know why I thought that because I don't think anything less of other people like that but I know that people can be cruel yeah I know people can be mean I know and that yeah oh, yeah the, the, I totally know and understand what you mean because like back to rewind to what we were saying at the very start and you picture this hmm. image and that it's almost like you've lost that baby that you pictured and then you've got another one maybe like you just didn't picture that yeah um, yeah and it's I mean yeah so how, how I mean did they did they look into doing another scan straight away or yeah so we were quite lucky because our scan was um the week leading up to I think it was leading up to Christmas um and they so our um so St Peter's where we had the um initial scan they link with um St George's Hospital to go for fetal medicine scanning um and stuff like that so we luckily I think the next day or within a couple of days we had an appointment for the next scan so that it would be done before Christmas which I thought was really lovely they'd literally I think they'd squeezed us in or we were just extremely extremely lucky Mm. um so we went to um the scan and I just remember feeling really deflated like they were scanning me and I remember just not really feeling a lot just I don't know just they Disc- were scanning were you disconnected do you think from from your yeah, bum then so. I really think so mm. and I think that the disconnect like you said kind of happened so quickly that I didn't really realize what it was I just kind of just mm. thought I didn't really feel much whether I was protecting myself that actually it was going to be worse than we thought so what's the point of bonding what's the point of like caring too much if it's going to be something worse it shocks you um, though some some news like that and I think naturally you probably put your guard up a bit as well like you say yeah, mm. yeah. 
no so, definitely so from so, from there sorry stephanie i keep interrupting you i'm a nightmare for that so please just shut me up but carry on <laughs> that's all right <laughs> um so yeah so then we went for the the 20 week scan there and um obviously it's quite a busy hospital it's a london hospital and the appointment was two hours late so you could imagine you're sat there like oh my god i want to get this done and i'm sat there thinking some people are here for their normal scans and some people are here because they found something out you know when you're just people watching yeah like, oh anybody's in the same situation as us um and there was a slight chance that um depending on what they found you might have to have an amniocentesis and stuff like this so your head's kind of like awash with all this stuff can i, can um, I just ask a, another question stephanie how long was this sorry if you've already mentioned it from the last scan to this one how long did you have to wait only a few days right maximum. and what was, yeah what were you like in those few days just finding everything really difficult or you just kind of get yeah, on with I things totally i just wanted to put izzy to bed and then just go back to bed I just really wanted to just be just by myself watching TV, not thinking about it, mm. just, you know, just kind of ignoring yeah. it in a way. Yeah. yeah. And just being on your own and feeling sad on your own and not talking about it. And yeah, That's it. just, just and get, getting the idea. Yeah. Because you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. You didn't know what on earth you were coming to. So that's, that's really difficult. Yeah. Even if it is only a couple of days that, that's a long, long time when you, you've got something growing inside of you that you can feel and, you know, and That's you just, it. oh God, right. So, so sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had the scan and it was an extremely thorough scan. We, we, I think we had like two or three people scan us. We had like the specialist, um, registrar, another doctor, and then the professor guy came in and he did a scan and, um, yeah, it was, really good they're really thorough they were like look 100 there's nothing else wrong with him it's just his foot they said that the only thing that we'd need to watch for is because they can't tell which toe it is because he's got one toe they don't know which toe it is it could could have been the little one or the big one they thought it was a big one initially um but they weren't sure how his ankle would um develop so they said the only thing that might need to happen when he's born or as he gets older is they'll just have to look to see if the ankle's formed properly because if it's not they'll have to fuse it so that he'll um he'll he'll have a limp basically where he won't be able to bend his ankle um but they wouldn't be able to tell us that until um later like until he was here basically mm. um and then we were given a leaflet for um like a charity to look into mm -hmm. and the charity we're given was called reach which is for upper limb differences oh, um fun. and see it sounds good but he's got a lower limb difference oh. so why would went, they have two different one charities why wouldn't it be all just one charity i think it's because um upper limb differences so you can get quite a lot of like amniotic bands and things like that are more common from what from what I've I've seen and what I've looked into, mm. and lower difference differences aren't so prevalent, but also upper limb differences are more obvious. So the lower limb differences, I don't think they are they. It's been felt that they need as much support from mm. that. Um, yeah. Other lower limb differences do need more support. So there's been more more ones focused on that. Um, 
so it was kind of I mean I left with the leaflet and I didn't look at it I wasn't ready it took me ages it took about two months I think for me to oh want my to look goodness at it. so how yeah, did you then, feel after this then did you feel like you could connect with bump again or were you still kind of in this were you still just not not connecting that's it I, w I just was not connected at all and I did end up going to so I was under a the mental health midwife and a consultant for the postnatal depression, mm. which probably was um, a really good thing, actually, because when so, so they knew from my notes that the foot had been found. And I remember talking to I think it was the consultant I was having a checkup. And I remember saying to him, like, I just got to the point where I just don't feel like I care about anything. Like, I just do not care. And I was still working at the time. And I was like, there was just a few moments where parents would say absolutely completely normal things that would normally I'd be like, oh, you know, like it happens, it's hard to come with. And I just remember thinking, but I'm dealing with stuff as well. Like, I know you're dealing with stuff right now, but I'm dealing with stuff. And I think for the first time ever, I could not leave what was happening like at my house. And it was coming to work with me. And I don't think it affected my work, but my mindset was not right. So my doctor signed me off um, for two weeks because the consultant said, go and speak to your GP and see what they want to say mm. and like what they want to do, whether they want to add in different meds or like counselling or something like that. So I went to her and she signed me off and she felt that I very much just needed time. I just needed to just... Processing stop. time. Yeah. And but how remember, do you get yourself to think and talk about something that you don't really want to talk about? You know what? I that's when this blog started. Oh, I think, right. Yes. Yeah. I think one evening I just had all these words I wanted to get out and I started typing. And I remember feeling it was almost like a therapy. Like I wouldn't say I felt better, but I think I'd started to slowly unpick how I'd been feeling and how actually you know what I've got a healthy baby my baby's got a funny foot but actually I can't do anything until my baby's here um because we didn't we weren't given any extra scans or anything like that so our 20-week scan was the last time that we saw the baby oh gosh yeah so there was nothing further I had no idea how the baby was growing I had no idea if the foot was going to be okay like I, d I just had no idea so I kind of felt like I had to take it into my own hands. And I think as a way of feeling in control of how I was dealing with it, I started the blog, I started the Instagram and I started um, kind of posting and trying to reach out to people and looking up people because I didn't want to go away and Google limb differences and about a foot because I didn't know what Google was going to tell me. I didn't mm. know what images I was going to see. And I was so scared that I was going to, it wasn't that I wasn't going to love my baby, but I wasn't going to like my baby. I wasn't going to like what I saw. Yeah. And I didn't want images getting into my head. Mm. So I kind of... Shut off from that side of things. Yeah. I was and like, I don't want that. <laughs> you'd rather speak to someone that's been through it and has a good story, you know, and positive kind of story behind it wouldn't you rather than google i mean i don't know about you but i googled cough this morning and apparently you know i've got blooming i'm <laughs> always doing this so this is my problem you know i've got coronavirus you know oh, I, 
oh, I Googled, I had a bad back before, I Googled that, I've got spine cancer. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the things you find on Google, I literally Googled the other day. I sent myself into a panic attack. Oh, so I started God. thinking, right, I've got minutes oh. to live. So you do right not going on Google. And I think that's a good choice. Um, so did you find anyone that would be able to help with lower limb difference then um what you had been through not exactly what we'd been through so it must actually, be quite rare then stephanie is it yeah i think so there's no there's no statistics on it um and when we eventually so when he had one of his hospital appointments when he when he'd been born and we'd found the right specialist and stuff um he kind of threw out some some um statistics but you kind of said that they're, they're not necessarily reliable because it's limb difference as like a whole it's not what you're having to deal with and the charity i found was steps which is for lower limb difference but it focuses quite a lot on um so you can so like telepies club club fit um and pffd which is to do with your femur and your tibial something or other to do with um your tibia and your fibia and they're they're ones that need operations or need physio or need specialist input straight away. So on one hand, we were extremely lucky because we we don't need any of that. But then we were also left. I well, I really was left in this place of okay, I'm not finding anything that's relevant to what's happening here. There's nothing that I can kind of grasp onto to be like okay, so he will walk or they will do X, Y, and Z to help him walk if he can't walk or if he has to have his ankle fused. I couldn't find anything, but the Steps charity was probably the beginning of muddling through and finding other people because mm. it is a lower limb difference. You kind of, mm. through Instagram mainly, again, you could kind of, search what you need to from like the hashtags and stuff or the things that they put up you can click on it and it will lead you somewhere so that was probably the most mm. useful but I, ca I can't say we I found anything that was like mm. massively helpful no I guess I suppose you have to be your own detective don't you sometimes and it's like because yeah. it's such a um I suppose it must be rare obviously if you can't really see anyone else with what Nate's got um you know yeah. it, it must have been quite rare which then makes it more difficult because you want to see someone with the same thing but they're like child running through a forest or you know and it. just <laughs> and like you know just I suppose it's it's back to what you said before as well it's not just it's that but then it's also you don't want to him to have like that people talking about him or or you know people people like you say kids that can be nasty and stuff like that and that's just your worst yeah. nightmare isn't it um is having mm -hmm. having someone do that but but so so you started finding your way through these and did that make you feel better then once you it started didn't, it didn't. Right. Um, I think because I was still pregnant at the time I still had this massive massive heavy feeling that I'm going to deliver the baby and something is going to be wrong there's going to be something that we would have missed whether it was something physical, something obvious, or something bizarre, like genetic or metabolic. And I think where I'm a NICU nurse, I do have a, a, a knowledge of things that you can't pick up antenatally. And it's not until the baby's born that you can find out about these things. And I think in the back of my head, I just constantly thought, 
he's going to come out there's going to be something else wrong with him there's going to be something there and I couldn't I couldn't let go of that fear and I think that really stopped me kind of taking on any of the advice and the bits that I saw that when I've gone back to later actually there are bits that I could take out of it it's just at the time I I couldn't because I was convinced there was going to be something else wrong with him yeah absolutely convinced I suppose with your background and everything like you've seen and heard and with your work, um, yeah. sometimes that that's a bad thing because you, you know more than you should. So someone else yeah. hearing that might be like, oh, there's nothing else wrong and take that on and, and that's it. But I know yeah. um, you've probably heard of situations where this kind of thing has happened and that's why you just don't want to kind of get carried away with it. It's almost like you didn't really want your brain to like start thinking about future memories and stuff like that in case yeah. you then it doesn't happen again because you've already done that once and, you know, in your head, like that might not yeah. be the case. Um, so yeah, maybe you were protecting yourself a little bit. Yeah, I think so. There's definitely some subconscious bizarre thing that you do, isn't it? You go into like some bizarre some survival mm. animal instinct type mode where you're protecting yourself and you're protecting the baby, but you're not, it hasn't gone to that emotional level it's just complete survival in a bizarre way but not survival as in like a tiger it's just you're sat protecting everything yeah you're doing what you need to do growing your baby looking after your baby but you don't you maybe like the rest of the time not really kind of trying to distance yourself from it in case the worst something worse did happen um yeah. And, you know, I totally, totally get that. So, so how, I mean, so what, what, when did you actually start to kind of feel better about this? I suppose, was that after birth or, or did you kind yeah. of have, right. So was there anything you had to put in place for you when you did have birth? So you wouldn't be alarmed if you did see anything or. So the only, so I, I haven't particularly had a birth plan with both my babies, but the only thing that I had on Nate's one was when he's placed on me, I just wanted a towel over him because I wanted to see his face. I didn't want to see his foot first. Um, I just wanted to see him. I wanted to just see my baby. And then when I was ready, I was just going to take the towel off and have a look at, um, at his foot. And that happened. So that was great. So I had him on me. And I was just taking them in and just when me and Dan were ready, we were like, okay, let's take the towel off and have a look. And then actually it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, which was a huge relief That's Um, because it wasn't like, in my head, it was like just some sort of weird, obscure monster that was just like ugly. Like if you see a scary movie and you have those like weird people with teeth coming out of funny places and things like that, in my head it was similar to that and then when it came out and it was literally a stump with a toe mm. it was almost like oh it's just a stump and a toe do you think you built I mean I'm not saying obviously you didn't know what to expect because they couldn't tell you but do you think the longer you had for your pregnancy I mean that's pretty much half of your pregnancy that you were wondering in the back of your head like what is it going to be like what's it going to do and it almost maybe turned into a bit of a monstrous thing maybe the thought of it turned more like that than the actual thought if you yeah. know what I mean oh definitely and like I think like we could have paid to have another scan and we could have paid to have is it a 4d scan One of oh yes but we didn't 
I think part of that was because I, I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to then have a realistic view of what it was going to be either. Mm. So it's kind of like a, it was a catch 22. Like I could have had the scan, but then it could have equally have been not what I wanted to see. And then I've got that in my head until I have the baby and see it. Mm. And then if I didn't have the scan, my imagination could go absolutely crazy until the baby's born. And it was like, I didn't know which was the right one. And I kind of just felt that actually I don't want to have the scan because I kind of felt like if you go and have extra scans, it's meant to be a lovely experience, isn't it? You're meant to be having this magical non-hospital scan. And it wouldn't have been that. It would have, for me, it would have been to see the fit. So it kind of, you know, I didn't, didn't feel like the right thing to do no I know what you mean did you did you find that when you had Nate then did you have any problem bonding with him straight away or did that urge like you know that rush of love come straight away or did it take time um so I didn't have that with either of them bizarrely I I didn't either to be honest with you a lot of people talk about it and I think I don't know whether they're making this up but yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) like oh it's dirty (laughs) washing when they've just come out they really don't no Ugh, you're still waiting for like your afterbirth and things like that to come oh, through. Oh like yeah, this. yeah. I didn't so, know if that's just me sometimes actually, because everyone else kind of talks yeah. about this rush of love, and I think maybe it was because they took George away, but maybe it just doesn't. Uh, maybe it just doesn't happen to some people. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can honestly say I, I didn't have it with either of them at all. I, I was relieved that they were out. Mm. I would say it was more of a relief than a rush of love, just a yeah. relief. Thank Christ it's over. Yeah. I'm here yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd um, be the same. I'd be the same. Yeah. I mean, with George, he was a C-section, but, but after yeah. a birth, oh my God, I'd be like, thank God he's here. Get me a cheeseburger immediately. You know. That's it. <laughs> give me a rest. Give me a shower. I feel oh. filthy. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. So, so, yeah. so what happened over the next couple of days then? Did you have to stay in longer or how did that work? So we had to stay in because he was born at 35 plus five. We had to stay in for 24 hours anyway, because he was technically premature, mm-hmm. which I think was actually really good because um, I had quite a lot of kind of worry about like breastfeeding just from how it went with Izzy. And I had a lot of kind of just worry in general like I was quite just anxious I think at the time and I stayed in for a couple of days longer than I should have because I asked to um and the only thing that we had to do was following the baby check um was to have an x-ray done of his foot um which was fine um we went and did the x-ray and then I think we went home that day actually so it was the last thing that we did um so that the x-ray was purely for a marker um so that if they did subsequent x-rays they could compare but also when we were supposed to be seeing the the specialists they'd also have an x-ray and if they wanted to do another one they could do another one and have something to mark it against um so we just left like normal we had just your normal aftercare of like your midwives and your health visitors and stuff like that um they did actually talk about um the fit so it wasn't like a taboo thing it was very much like 
Um, so what's happening with his foot? Like it was very much an active conversation, which was quite nice. So it was almost like it yeah. was very much just part of being his mum. Um, and then we had, it took us a long time to get to the right um, specialist. So our first appointment was back at George's with plastics and orthopedics, I think. But they deal with a lot of um, like forefoot and um, like four fingers and stuff. And Nate's only got one of those. So they basically said he's he's not really got the right bits for us to do anything with. So we were like, well, right, okay. So then they referred us back to, um, I don't even know who they referred us back to, but we ended up going back to St. Peter's and whatever we were booked in for was completely wrong thing, but the doctor was absolutely amazing. So we were booked in for a hip scan, which he did not need. He wasn't breached. There was no issues with his hips. Um, but the guy was like, okay, so I don't know why you're here. So do you want to tell me what's going on? And me and Dan were just like, oh, okay. Kind of oh, thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're in the wrong place. But he he did the hip scan because he was like, you're here. I'm going to do it anyway. The hips are going to be fine, but let's do a hip scan. So I was like, okay, great. And then I was talking to him and I was saying, because um, I'd spoken to a couple of the consultants at work about it, kind of just every now and again, I'd be like, so my baby's got a bit of a, their foot missing. Like, what could it mean? Do I need to be rubbed type thing? So they knew um, about it. And then um, I kind of a name dropped in the appointment. I was like, oh, so I've spoken to a couple of consultants at work because I kind of wanted to, I don't know, like mm. you maybe the extra like oomph that I had because I worked at that hospital. Yeah, like the authority almost, like yeah. kind of, yeah. Connections or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, type thing. And I think he would have done it anyway. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to message my friend. They work at a, I think they work at the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital in London. So there's two hospitals. There's one in London and one in Stanmore. Mm. I'm going to email her for you and find out what we've got to do because he was like at the end of the day you still need to see somebody yeah person mm. seems like, like yeah. a, back, a lot of back and forth isn't it so much and so it was unfair because it's like you just they had a lot of long time like during your pregnancy to kind of you know work yeah. out what's going on you'd think it would be the forefront of you know when the book when he was born like right okay this is what we're going to do we're going to monitor it till then then blah blah yeah. this could happen this could happen but you still didn't have those answers no that's it and I think like you said earlier like maybe it is really rare, rare and maybe it is that rare that actually they hadn't encountered this before in their lifetime career at the hospital so actually how do you know who you send them on to? You send them on to the orthopedics and surgeons at your link hospital. Mm. And that's what they did, which was probably the right thing to do. But actually, I don't know. I think there's at hospital, place. something I found, I mean, only through my last few years there, it sometimes <laughs> feels like there's no kind of communication between the two people. And like, yeah. I, I mean, when I went in, um, um, my mum had had a stroke. Um, I went in, I explained the whole thing to one of the nurses. And then, I mean, they're amazing at the hospital. But then she was moved yeah. somewhere else. And then I explained, I had to, they didn't know really what would gone on or where she was up to, that she had a fever oh. only a few hours ago. And I had to then explain it all again. I just never understand why they don't just have one computer system where all the oh, notes God. go on and everyone yeah. can access it and they just know because sometimes oh it worries you because I think well 
if you're not there telling them and they need yeah. to do something, how on earth are, are you meant to get anything done? That's it. And like, I mean, do you not read the notes before people come to the appointments or does do the secretaries not read what comes through and go like, actually, they're not supposed to be here. Let's figure out what we can do. Like, mm. oh, I don't know. Like I work in the NHS and that is one of our biggest flaws. And it is because there isn't a right system for it because there isn't one that exists yet. Mm. And everywhere, even in the same networks, use different systems. And it's mind boggling. You just kind of think, oh my goodness, making this harder for ourselves than we need to. And it's unfair on all the nurses and all the doctors that are doing such an amazing job, but there's nowhere for them to kind of refer to. So it almost seems like they don't know what's going on, but then it ends up like annoying other people, but it's not their fault. It just needs one kind of system anyway. And that's a totally different subject now. But different conversation. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um but yeah so so tell so what happened from there then Stephanie? So he he emailed his friend, his colleague friend, whatever he is to what they are to each other and she was like no you need to go to this hospital. So then we referred to the Royal National Orthopedic Hospital in Stanmore. And um we were half at the right place so we were at the right hospital but under the wrong team so we actually I'm not even going to say the wrong team actually so he was a surgeon he was an orthopedic orthopedic surgeon for limb differences and we had to have x-rays when we got there and then he saw us and he was like look you don't need surgery I'm going to refer you to so and so so actually we probably could have bypassed him because actually probably like he didn't need surgery I think that had probably been assessed previously I can't remember and um then from him we were then referred to just the orthopedic people and then we were finally in the right place we actually finally spoke to the right person and actually him and the surgeon we saw previously had a joint consultation that day for whatever reason and we were part of that list so we saw that we saw the surgeon again and um this other guy and he had a look at him and they were so positive and so like good and they were like yeah he will definitely walk he'll definitely do this so he doesn't need surgery that's all you're waiting to hear isn't it completely and it was like he'll probably need insoles in his shoe or orthotics will refer you to orthotics I was like okay great and I was like do we need physio or anything because obviously his and his leg work differently and like his left leg is skinnier than the right leg because there's less of your toes and all your muscles and things mm. um and they were like no he doesn't need physio and I was a little bit cheeky I did go and get some physio yeah um, but you know I've got connections so yeah well that's <laughs> handy isn't it <laughs> yeah exactly no that's amazing oh and yeah. how old was Nate then then when you got told this he was probably between six and nine months old jesus christ it's like the longest time it's like a whole pregnancy plus half till you actually got what you were looking for yeah just knowing we were in the right place and just knowing that we were we had somebody that we could ring if we had any concerns or if we needed to see somebody um and yeah it was so nice to it's so nice now to have that one place I mean it's an hour away it's not local but we still have that one place and they were they were quite good because I said could it be genetic kind of thinking forward to if Nate goes on to have children would it be something that he'd want to know 
and then I kind of they were like yeah you could get genetics done you'd have to go through your GP um it might be worth doing type things it could just be it's, it's a congenital anomaly it's just one of those things that happen um but it could be because of a genetic yeah thing um and I think because I sat on it too long or long enough I got to the point when I thought actually it's not going to change anything and I'm going to end up making my baby have a blood test which isn't nice no but he's fine in every other sense it's just his foot and actually when he's old enough we can have this conversation again and he yeah. can decide if he wants to have genetics and I thought actually why am I taking that responsibility on I don't I... need to exactly because this is just something else that you'd end up worrying until he's like you know 25 or whatever and he says mom I've met a girl yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be yeah. like oh shit like you know like you just yeah. you don't want to think about that think about the here and now and enjoy the here and now like he, he's doing amazingly so so tell us where Nate is up to now then because it's amazing so he is now two he took his sweet time of his milestone so he didn't walk until he was 17 months so walking is still quite new he um he has his shoes he loves walking he loves running he plays oh. football with his sister and actually he stands on his little foot and kicks with his big foot which i think is amazing so oh. all his balance goes on his little foot um he we've done swimming he there's nothing different about him at all um he's not really noticed his foot either he's too young I think but even his sister I think because that's Nate's feet it's just what it what it is that hasn't even come up at all so he's absolutely brilliant he's amazing he's developmentally where he should be albeit he was a bit lazy at the beginning but hey he's made up for it now um yeah he's he's great that's that's amazing so Stephanie if if any other parents are listening or parents to be listening who have had a similar diagnosis limb difference upper limb lower limb you know it's you know it's difficult it's a it must be a very difficult time what where would you send them uh you know obviously I'd send them to your blog to have a read about how you felt because I thought that was really really um good and your blog's great but where else would you send them and um what advice would you give them i think the first advice would be you know what just just sit in your pit for a little bit Mm. take it on i think there's a lot of pressure these days to right let's get up and move on like my my baby's otherwise fine let's get up and move on like let's get over this it'll be fine but actually you know what sit in it feel it and take on how you feel because actually you need to work through that um and I did go on and have um counseling um probably a year after he was born or so and that really helped because actually I don't think I was really accepting how I felt and I think I'd really recommend to people just accept it like accept that you feel really shit about it because you know what it is a little bit shit (laughs) and it is okay to say that I think people are so scared to say because I think it's because we're talking about all these different things now and you know there's the stories of you know baby loss and mm. lots of different things but everyone has a right to feel sad and their situation no matter what it is god anything at all you know I think people need to 
just accept if they feel sad and not think, oh, well, their situation's worse. Because I've done that a lot um, with with some mm-hmm. things I've been through. And I've thought, how can I feel sad when they're going through that? And, that, and I don't think that has helped me. Um, and I think yeah. it's just dealing with your own, dealing with your own shit is the way I'd like to say it, really. Yeah. Um, and, and just, you know, it hurts and things hurt and things upset you. And it might not be as you might not think it's as bad as them, but you, you know, you're still as sad as they are. It might just be a different yeah. situation. That's it. It's, it's a huge thing that like, you do compare because actually like what's four toes in the grand scheme of things. But actually at that moment in time, those four toes were everything that was bits missing of my baby and actually that that hurt me more than it hurt him but actually I need to let myself feel that and I've let myself feel that now and I actually don't feel like it's my fault or guilty about it anymore but I still do every now and again because you do worry and like obviously school's going to be a whole new thing and I'm sure if anybody picks on him, I'm going to be like, oh my God, it's my fault. He's like this. People are so cruel to him. If only he'd had his four toes, I wouldn't be picking on him. Actually, that's a lie. People pick on people for everything. So I need oh. to remind myself, it's not your fault. Chill about it. Honestly, um, absolutely. I mean, I remember at school, yeah. boys calling me pancake because I had no <laughs> boobs. You know, like I was wearing a school shirt. I was even wearing two padded bras, right? And oh. they still knew. So, you know... <laughs> I think no matter, I mean, not that it's acceptable, but, you know, you do get picked on for everything. I remember also, like, God, I'm not bringing this back to me, but just to make you feel better. I mean, my mum wouldn't let me shave my legs, right, for years. And you know what? Our family's like, they're very dark. So my (laughs) hairs are really dark. And if it rained at school, I used to almost cry because that meant the black hairs were, like, stuck to my leg. And I just was like, no, not today. Anyway, uh, and yeah, obviously people picked up on that as well. So, you know, you do get picked on for anything. And I think, um, and I think, you know, there'll always be people out there like that. But I think the most important thing is just, you know, bringing them up to be, you know, stand his ground and, you know, don't care. You know, there's, there's always something and people I just some people are just bloody nasty but hopefully I think the bullying and things like that in schools now I think they're a lot more on top of than they were when we were younger yeah I think it is better than it was and I think they have like school like people they can talk to at school who's not a teacher but somebody different so they can kind of come across those like they can talk about these things and kind of talk about the things that they wouldn't necessarily want to talk to a teacher about just somebody about so I think I mean it's probably a day and age for him to be born with a difference I mean I didn't know anybody at school with a difference so other people have and actually the more I've spoken about it the more people know people who have had it and actually maybe it is more common than I give it credit for it's just I don't know people but Um, maybe you never looked for it do you know like Sometimes um, I think when something happens um, and you're more than aware and you look for it more, but when it doesn't happen, you don't actually notice it because you've never had to think about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it's never come into your thought processes ever before. Yeah, that's so true, actually. So, Um, so yeah, I guess advice just kind of just wallow in it but then build yourself up the way that you need to and actually if you don't want to look 
for help and advice. Don't look for help and advice. Don't make people feel like you have to. But if you do need to, for lower limb differences, you've got the charity steps and find your feet. Um, and for upper limbs, you've got reach and L lucky fin project. The lucky fin project is based in America and they've got a huge following. So going on their Instagram, it's amazing to have a look through actually. Like they do um, like summer camps, because obviously it's American, so it's like summer camps um, and stuff like that, which is absolutely amazing. So all these kids with limb differences can all meet up together oh. and just feel normal. Because I'd imagine there's some instances where they don't get to feel normal, which is sad, isn't it? But mm. um, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And then um, Instagram, I've, I've kind of, I've got four mums who I think, I think I've had the most kind of like connection with, like not as in like we've been messaging each other or whatever, but when I see them and the things that they talk and write about, I think they talk and write about it so amazingly. And so normally, that actually it's just a small part of their life like they've got this whole other life and then the limb difference is so small so um you've got the thrifty yorkshire mum whose little girl has pffd um which is where your femur is um smaller and actually hers wasn't picked up antenatally so it's when she was born she found out so her first blog about it, it's a really interesting what it's a really good read um about kind of like the shock um, but she does say how, because she didn't know about it antenatally, she really enjoyed her pregnancy. And actually, once baby was here, you've just got to deal with it type yeah. thing. Yeah, I suppose I thought, that's a good way sometimes, isn't it? Not knowing. No. And yeah, I just really, I mean, her Instagram's lovely anyway. And her kids are stunning. And her little girl with PFFD is so cute. And she's she's walking now. So they're going through like the shoes. You get razors for them. So she's had like really cute sandals and things like that made with an extra wedge so she can have like matching shoes and stuff. Oh, which... that's so cute. Yeah, go and have a look. I um, will. I will. Yeah. And then you've got Mama Izzo, who's she's a mum of four boys. Um, abs like insane, amazing. Um wow. but one of her, I think her third kid, he has Talapes um club foot. So it's her story of um that and actually she her little boy he's gone on I think he's had genetic testing for some stuff because talipes as well can be linked to um genetic things so she's got an absolutely wonderful huddle of boys that she lives with and uh -huh. like they're just so cute and it goes through like his boots and bar and stuff like that and um like he's walked and crawled just like all of her his brothers and stuff so that's another one that I'd recommend and then um Vanessa McLeod who she's from America and her daughter was born with um short arms and short legs like no hands and feet and I think it's no hands and feet I'll have to double check but she um had a really awful antenatal period um of being told that her um like by specialists and stuff that she shouldn't carry on with this pregnancy and things oh, like that God. absolutely awful and then she went on to have this little girl who is absolutely stunning and even though she hasn't got like hands or um lower arms she can still like hold a cup and drink her drink and things like that she's yeah. absolutely incredible and they've had quite a bit of input with um what they're called 
uh, occupational therapists of having special adaptions for like your baby walk and stuff like that so she'll be able to fit in a normal baby walker but just with this adaption so she can still oh, do normal baby stuff that's incredible lovely. and then another one Orlando I can't say it Orlando Ashley so this is a couple this is absolutely amazing I'll put these links in um our notes anyway so people can find them as well but yeah so she this is a couple both of them have got limb differences um and they've just had a daughter who has no limb differences but they're adults and they've got like modeling profiles and things like that they're an absolutely lovely couple and it she even is showing things how even with so she's got um one arm um she's got up to the elbow and it's how she like changes a nappy or how she does this and it kind of shows you like any mum who's got a baby that has maybe got an upper limb difference or lower limb difference is going through like this is how I change a nappy is how I do it normally this is how I put on my baby carrier like it just goes through all the absolute normal stuff and how actually it's not inhibited them at all considering they're both parents with limb differences it's not affected how they can parent and it's like, I mean, I know I sound really passionate, but I just really feel like it's really opened my eyes to the fact that actually, like, it is simply a difference, like how you've got blue eyes and I've got brown eyes. Exactly. Like, it's nothing. And I watch these people and it just fills my heart with joy. And obviously, like, one of my worries is that somebody, like, will Nate get married? Will somebody be able to accept his difference? Because everybody wants this Instagrammable beautiful boy or beautiful woman he is a beautiful boy but yeah boy but you do think people think he's really cute and then they'll see his foot and they'll be like oh and like that fills me with fear that that might happen but actually you're looking at these families and all you're seeing is normal families with normal kids and Mm. their kids are going to grow up and have wonderful relationships and you'll find other people on there on instagram especially who are um young adults who are in absolutely lovely relationships and their partners are not bothered but actually it's I mean people diss um social media but it just makes me feel more relaxed just to be like actually Mm. yeah people do love each other for each other not because of how they look it's for who they are and it's just refreshing that reminding that yeah I think it's who you kind of surround yourself with on social media a lot of it to be honest with you because you do get the um you know the not dissing it I've used a few filters I must admit now and again (laughs) uh but um you know you get these filtered lives of perfection and um you know and I'm I'm very much more interested in you know the you know the other side of it you know the uh the messy the house being the shithole you know that that actually makes me feel better so I surround myself with people that are more like me uh I've unfollowed quite a lot of people that are I mean I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those kind of pictures it's lovely but when you're inundated with them um you start to question whether you're um kind of doing a good job and stuff so I think it's good to have a mix good to have a mix yeah. of nice pretty images and you know <laughs> kids having blooming Weetabix for tea and McDonald's three times a week <laughs> I, that that reassures yeah. me so I'm like it's all right because George had it twice so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. so oh, it definitely is it's having that that it, balance isn't it definitely is so Stephanie can you tell our um mums dads whoever is listening to this um where they will be able to find you if that's okay yep so on Instagram I'm 
as um, a farm and a baby. And I've got a blog on Blogspot, again, under a farm and a baby. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Um, you, you can just message me on there if you need anything to talk about. I've had a few messages from people, um, just general chit chat. And actually, that's all we're there for. I just want to be a person that you can speak to. So, yeah, come and find us in those places if you need someone to have a chat with. That's amazing, Stephanie. And if, I'll put all those links in the, in the show notes. So thank you very much, Stephanie, anyway, for coming on. It was lovely having a catch up with you, my lovely cousin. Yeah. Um, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you guys did too. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, which I really hope you are, and if you've got this far, why are you still listening if you don't? Um, but I would absolutely love you to subscribe and leave me a little rating. It means the world to me and also helps me out massively, especially when I go to Danny and tell him that I'm going to be doing series two, fingers crossed. So I look forward to speaking to you next week and keep an eye on the Facebook page and Instagram so you know who the next guest is. You will absolutely love it. I know it. This podcast is sponsored by My Bump to Baby Family Protection and Legal Directory. Being a parent is such a minefield. It's so difficult deciding who to select when it comes to financial advice or family law solicitors. My Bump to Baby works with one trusted financial advisor and one trusted family law solicitor in each town throughout the whole of the UK. To find your nearest advisor or family law solicitor, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com forward slash family protection legal. We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free? Or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.